Welcome to Living the Writing Life podcast. I'm Nancy Christie, and my guest for today's episode is Kamala Downs, a best-selling author, indie publisher, mentor, and mother of two who, who's from Northern Nevada. Kamala lives a minimalist lifestyle, practicing meditation and mindfulness, reading, going for walks, and capturing nat- nature's essence with photographs. Nature and life experiences are a constant source of inspiration for her writing, and in her heartfelt free verse poetry memoir, Words of Alchemy, Kamala invites readers to walk with her to share her love of nature and life. During her daily stroll, she's mindfully present as she delves into life in the raw and experiences her heart's observations. Kamala embraces what happens when she opens her heart and invites the words, the written words to flow. The alchemy of love and healing is what happens. And in today's conversation, Kamala and I are exploring the role of mindfulness in artistic creation and the connection between art and nature. So welcome to the show, Kamala. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Christy. Oh, I'm so glad to have you here. Um, So what I want to talk about, first of all, is the role of mindfulness in artistic creation. And, you know, with two children and things to do, I'm, I'm curious, first of all, how do you find time to be still and mindful? And then especially during these difficult times with COVID and, and everything else that's happening in our world. Well, what's interesting is, at the end of 2019 and the beginning of 2020, I had decided that 2020 was going to be a year for me to just take off, to be on sabbatical, if you want to use a technical term. I had had 15 years of going really deep into um, things from my childhood and from my more recent past and healing practicing mindfulness, meditation, being still, those type of things. And I was just worn out from those 15 years. So before any of this happened, I had decided that 2020 would be a year of not trying to tell myself, you don't have to be doing anything. Just take this year to reset. So I am struggling with that because, you know, my, you need to be doing something. You're not doing anything. You're just, you're not doing, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. So I am still struggling with that. You know, here we are almost in October and I still find that coming up in my thoughts. So there's that aspect for me. I had already chosen to not be doing anything and then was thrown into you're not doing anything when everything closed down. So backing it up some before I even had children about 20 years ago, my husband and I, now ex-husband, had decided that when we started a family that uh, we would work for ourselves. We would figure out some way that one of us could always be with our children so that they didn't go into daycare or, you know, when, when it came time for them to be in school, somebody would always be there. So when I divorced, when my youngest was one year old, he's now 14, I carried through with that. I just wanted to continue with that. So I've never had a traditional job from the time that my daughter was born. I was a paralegal for 10 years before that. 
I'm one of those people who um, has done more than one thing, many things, but up until that point, I was a paralegal. So after that, I just was always on the lookout. Uh, my personality is, um, I guess you could say an opportunist, but not in a bad sense, not where I'm going to hurt other people. I, I am always open to looking for opportunities. And when they come to me and they feel in sync with me, I would take advantage of that. So for instance, I was a substitute teacher for three years at the Montessori school that my kids went to. I had the, the college uh, credits for that from going to school to be a paralegal. And so I did that while they were there. I felt uh, comfortable doing that. Um, I have a dog, uh, done pet sitting, dog walking, cat sitting, delivered papers, um, done my own thing, just made creations to sell artwork from using nature. I've just done whatever, not, I won't say whatever I could, I could do, because there's a lot I could do that I don't want to do, but if it was in sync with me, I did it so that I could have this time for myself to be still and to, to also be with my kids. And I homeschooled them after that. Uh, they were at that Montessori school in middle school. So I homeschooled before other people were, you know, uh, doing the uh, distance schooling because some people aren't really doing homeschooling. They're doing the distance schooling. But I homeschooled way before that. And we were still doing that. Um, although my oldest, who, Lillian, who is 19, she graduated last June from homeschool. So... You know, it's, it's a whole lifestyle to, to make that fit. Now, I'm not saying that you have to be that way. You don't have to be as uh, flighty as I am, as some would say, <laughs> and, and just kind of doing my own thing. But, um, you know, even if you have a typical job, you could make it work. Um, if you were to get up a little earlier, just 30 minutes earlier, to be able to incorporate that. Um, and yeah, it has been difficult. You know, I was okay with the, the, the pandemic. That didn't seem to bother me as much as most people because we were already people, we were already kind of homebodies. And mm -hmm. we are, the things that we did were outside already, going for walks, um, you know, doing whatever, going to the Arboretum, going to the parks. We already did things outside. Um, but then we had the fires in California because I live right next door to California, right next to Northern California. And the smoke from those fires uh, was giving us poor air quality and we couldn't go outside. That's mm -hmm. when it started to get to me when I couldn't even go outside. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, that was making it rough. So I got a sense of what it was doing to people when the pandemic hit, whereas mm -hmm. that didn't affect me then. We couldn't go outside, you know. Um, yeah, it was uh, creating some anxiety. I think it's just noticing when that is in your thoughts, uh -huh. letting it be and trying not to push it away. Because I think that when you push it away, it gets stronger. Uh -huh. So for these difficult times, and then we've got this, um, this <laughs> craziness with what's going on with our politics and the election, and you add that on. Um, it can be quite overwhelming with the three of those things for anybody who's been on the West Coast in these fires and having the, the fires and the smoke on top of it. Yeah, I, it, it is difficult, but it's just taking notice of it, not pushing it away, letting it be. Mm -hmm. And if it brings up triggers, 
it may be a good time. No, it's not always a good time. If you're at work or if you're doing something with your kids, it's not a good time to, to dive into what's triggering you. But to, to come back to that and walk into that, walk into the discomfort of whatever is bringing up for us. You mean so it's instead of saying, no, I, I don't want to think about this right now yeah. or that's mm-hmm. too upsetting, really kind of yeah. face it and, and I mean, yeah. see where it takes you. If we want to address some things that may be coming up once and for all, I mean, we can, it, it, like I say, it might not be a good time. That's okay. Not every time is a good time to, to do this difficult work because it's not fun. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think that this time has, has been a time that has had things surface for many people, mm-hmm. you know, um, whether it's from their distant past or just um, something from their recent more recent past. Um, but yeah, it could be a good time to do that if you are able to find that stillness. Um, yeah, there can be, you know, it was fun in the beginning. Oh, you know, we're fun. We get to stay home. Then <laughs> <You know? laughs> it like, stops oh, being no, fun no, after a while. <laughs> everybody's at home now. This was our thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So um, yeah. Yeah, and I can, you what know, I, did I, I all can... throughout that time was I made one. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I made going for walks a priority mm-hmm. and uh, because that was vital for me and key for me. Going for walks, being in nature. And when I say going for walks, it's not always out, you know, up in the, the forest or up at Lake Tahoe or whatever. It's just on a, a, a man-made trail. There's, uh, that's the, the easy way to do it. And that was, I, I needed something just outside my door. So I made that a priority for myself. Um, and I knew and know that, and still do know that solitude and quiet time was vital for my sanity as I was doing all of this. You know, you can't do deep healing and not have some um, solitude and quiet time to process all that you're doing. So it, it seems, it, it kind of seems like um, the idea of going somewhere physically, going for the walk, whatever, right. that's, that's like a physical journey that then takes you into the mindfulness journey, you know, right. I, it, 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 as opposed to, yeah. as opposed to saying, okay, everybody be quiet, I'm going to go sit on the couch and be mindful, you know, while, while everybody else is running around and the TV's on and someone's asking, where's the toilet paper, coffee, whatever. Um, Yeah. It, it almost seems like you, you sort of need that little bit of change in, in real scenery to have maybe a change in your internal scenery as well. Would that be right? Yeah. Yes, um, that is to some level. I mean, you could be mindful wherever you're at and with whatever you're doing. Say, for instance, if you're eating a meal, um, mindfulness is focusing on what you're doing in the moment. That's what mindfulness is. Uh-huh. So if you are having a meal, it is focusing on your food, uh-huh. focusing on the flavors, the smells, the sounds of the silverware as it, you know, touches the plate and moves things around. So mindfulness can be practiced anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even if you're, you know, if you're listening to music, it's fully focusing on whatever you're doing. Uh, 
But if you add in going somewhere, especially into nature, that just gives it another level. And that's mm -hmm. just something different. So if you're out in nature and you're wanting to practice mindfulness, it's focusing on nature itself, the tree, the grass, the bushes, the flowers, the sounds, the smells, and even allowing the man-made sounds to incorporate into that. Mm -hmm. In some of my poetry, you'll see that I did that. Like I would be, you know, writing about the nature sounds and then I would incorporate in at least one poem, the man-made sounds that were coming into the, into my awareness. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not pushing away whatever you're focusing on. It's being and, more present without yeah, being, being so more not, paying not attention, watching, basically. Yeah, not watching TV and eating or, you know, not doing three things at once, focusing mm -hmm. on one thing at a time. Mm -hmm. And a thick, thick nap Han is actually a great teacher of mindfulness. Mm -hmm. And uh, I learned a, a lot. I've read so many of his books and many of them over and over. He's a wonderful teacher of mindfulness and how to incorporate it in every aspect of life, not just going out into nature and also with activism. He brings in activism with his mindfulness. So you don't have to ignore everything that's going on in the world, mm -hmm. although it is okay to give yourself permission to do that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. To ignore things when you need to focus on healing yourself. Now it's it sounds like just from from your bio and your writings that nature really plays a big role in helping you be creative and opening those creative paths. Yeah. So um were you always like that? Were you always like um a creative maybe a writer type person who who just naturally gravitated towards being inspired by nature or was that something you developed as you got older? Um, no, I, I wasn't always like that. I mean, I probably was when I was younger, you know, it has a lot to do with our environment and how we're raised and those who raise us and the adults around us. So I, like, I think all kids are when they're, when we're young, really mm -hmm. young, we're in tune with that kind of thing. We're very creative. We're very imaginative. And if it is not cultivated by the adults around us and other things are cultivated and, and had more emphasis put on, then we can lose that. And that, I think that definitely did happen with myself. Um, I was um, type A personality, uh, very anal, very judgmental of others. Um, you know, I was judgmental of, I found after I divorced how judgmental I was. And I also did not, I didn't care much for nature. I didn't see the, what I saw in it. So you could say I kind of flipped a totally 100%. After, um, after the, the, you know, the universe said, here, I'm going to hand you these things so that you can walk in other shoes. So I was handed many things so that I could walk in other shoes mm -hmm. and realize that that's not the way to live. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I became a, a parent to a special needs child. Then I became a single parent and then I lost everything. And I, my kids and I have lived, you know, below poverty level the past 15 years or so. We lived in a one bedroom, one bath um, condo up until this past uh, November. Um, 
So yeah, I, I, and I, I, I didn't take that as punishment. I took that as opening my eyes. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, you know, I just flipped completely. So no, I've not always been like this, <laughs> but I came to the realization, I came to the realization that, um, I could make something of this and mm-hmm. I just, I grabbed a hold of it and it just kind of followed the path that it was leading me and learning about mindfulness and meditation and, and, uh, spirituality, not, not, um, talking a religious route, but spirituality and, um, and incorporating the writing into that. Mm-hmm. I did uh, once early on in 2011, when, when all of this, you know, began to happen, I realized that the things that I was learning and taking from all of this and, and the situation I was in was helpful to others because I was sharing already by blogging and sharing on social media. Mm-hmm. So I knew that I wanted to write about it because of the feedback that I was getting. And so mm-hmm. that um, led to my first book, Dia's for Different, One Woman's Journey to Acceptance, which was about my acceptance up to that point. Mm-hmm acceptance of myself, acceptance of becoming a parent to a special needs child, acceptance of a divorcing and, um, you know, losing everything. Just, uh, yeah, it did. It, it was a full turnaround. And, um, but then once I did make the turnaround, it was a natural flow from from being out in nature to my creations, whether that was uh, photography, taking nature photography or poetry or writing life narratives, or even the artwork that I would create at times. I would just have these little bursts where I would create artwork using rocks or limbs or other items from, uh, you know, found in nature. And what it took was me learning how to listen to the internal nudges when I got them. So, for example, for photos, when I would be out for a walk, it would be, you know, just this feeling like just stop right here and turn around and look to the right or turn around and look behind you or to the left. And I would, I would do that. I would follow it. I wouldn't say, no, I need to continue with my walk. Mm-hmm. And you don't even know you're doing these things until you, t- until you start paying attention. So I would stop. I was, I was like, oh, wow, I need to take a picture of that. Or kneel down and look at this tree from this view. Or even lay on, I've laid, on my, laid down on my stomach before to look through a, uh, you know, like a crack in between rocks mm-hmm. up high or something to get a view of what it looks like through the rocks. I mean, you know, just listening to those messages when I'm out walking, um, that's how I take the photos that I'm taking. Um, you know, I'll see something and I'll just get this. It's, it's so fast. You would miss it if you're not paying attention. It's like, take a picture of that, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes I do ignore it because I don't have time, you know, <laughs> uh, because I'm the one, I want my picture to be as I want it to be without messing with it. I don't mess with my photos. Mm-hmm. So I, I frame it the way I want it to be. Um, and I take them with my phone. I've never had the money to buy a fancy camera. So all my photos are taken with my phone. I'm not, you know, if I had waited till I have a camera, I wouldn't have any photos, you know, at this point. You know, so, I'm, I'm, I want to interrupt you for one minute because, because yeah. you made me think of something that, you know, one of the problems, you know, I'm, I'm talking as a writer because I'm not yeah. a photographer, but, right. you know, for anybody in, in the creative field, I think a lot of times is, you know, we hit those periods where, you know, 
for a writer, it's writer's block. There's probably photographer's block and painter's block and everybody else's block. But it's just the idea yeah. that, you know, we, we can't find, you know, I'll, I'll have a time where it's like, okay, I can't even think of something to write. It's like, I want to write. I can't think of anything to write. And the way you're describing your experience of walking and paying attention and not being so focused on, I can't stop because I have to do X, Y, Z, but just kind of stopping. I'm thinking, you know, this may be a useful tool for people who are in that blocked frame of mind to, oh, absolutely. to stop making rules, to stop saying, okay, I have, I have to, because that's, that's a killer right there when you go, I have to write <laughs> yeah. this short story, right? Yeah. But more like, yeah. let me just see what comes. Let me, let me go outside. Let, almost like being in a no expectations type thing, mm-hmm. because, um, I know, you know, for myself, a lot of times when, when I'm writing, sometimes it comes out of nowhere. It's like a spontaneous thing. And other times it's like, okay, this is my allocated 30 minutes to work on a short story. And then you're almost like forcing it and you can't force it. You know, it'd be like trying to take a picture of something that isn't there, you know? So I'm thinking that that whole idea of, being mindful and you know whether you're being mindful in the house whether you're being mindful outside but trying to open up so that you have multiple senses working Mm -hmm. that might help with the creativity absolutely um if you take that into the writing process yeah there's uh, there are many times and even i am uh, with this this year that i've decided to take off and and not um not write every day if you bring that into that and you just tell yourself um okay i'm just going to i'm just going to write and it doesn't matter what comes out i'm just going to sit down and write about and what you can do is you can just sit and look around your house if you see your desk write about your desk write about anything and once you get five or ten minutes into that if you just let yourself go with it Mm-hmm. it may turn into whatever it is that you've been wanting to write about. Mm-hmm. But just the act of writing itself, I think, is um, if you just let yourself be with it and not force it, um, definitely that's how you could bring that into the writing mm-hmm. and just write about whatever you want to write about. Don't worry about what the what you've set the goal or whatever if you're doing a writing for someone else, what they've asked for the writing to be about, if you feel stuck, just write about whatever you want to write about. And many times you find that it may lead into whatever it is that you need to be writing about, Uh you know, there's that need word. So Uh yeah, um, for sure. And for the poetry that I had written for the last six years, that's in the, the latest book that's published words of alchemy. Uh, what I would do with that in regards to writing is it first started with the photographs that I would take. I would sit and be looking through them to find ones to share on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. And when I found the one I wanted to share, I would share it. And it originally started with just a little, you know, some saying something about the photo, how beautiful it was or whatever. But eventually 
I would, uh, you know, go to share the photo on Instagram and I would close my eyes and then poetry just started flowing, you know, tying in the photo with my life events. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I mean by you just, just writing. You don't know sometimes what's going to come out. Not, not, not everybody likes to do this style of writing. If it's not your style, then, you know, don't, you don't want to force this if it's not your style of mm-hmm. writing, but it works for many people to just sit and let what flow, what wants to flow come out. Mm-hmm. And that's what the poetry was. It started with the photos and um, just getting a message for lack of a better word from the photos that tied in with whatever life experience I was having. And then it just, you know, after a year or two, it just started flowing from life experiences. I just was compelled to write about whatever it was I was experiencing and it would just turn into this, this poem. Uh And, uh, you know, some people may call that a stream of consciousness writing, uh, I called it, I call it therapeutic because what it happened, if you read the, most of those poems, not all of them, some of them are short and sweet and just, you know, say something beautiful about whatever it is I was observing at the time in nature, but they end with um, something that was reassuring to me. Uh-huh. And uh, those life experiences aren't something that just I experience because I get feedback from others that, you know, whatever poem it is, it was meaningful to them, you know, and that they've they've had a similar experience. And then the poem ends kind of just, it doesn't just leave it as, I'd say it's not negative poetry, you know, Uh it's, this is what's going on. And this is why it's happening, or this is how you can view it, you know, viewing it differently Uh type thing. I, you know, and, and I'm, I'm glad you brought up the fact that you do get feedback from people because as creative people, as writers, as photographers and that, sometimes I think that is part of our role. I mean, obviously, to some extent, we do it first for ourselves, then we share it with other people. But I think, too, you know, there are people who maybe do not have that ability to write, to, to paint, to take pictures. Mm -hmm. So what we're doing is we're serving maybe as a bridge for them because we give them what we have written and that maybe bridge is the wrong word. Maybe I should say we open a door. We allow them a way to open the door and they're finding out, you know, through the connection as they're reading what you wrote Mm -hmm. and it resonates with them it opens that door a little bit and helps them heal as well, even though they're not the ones who wrote that particular piece. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's the key to art, period, any art. Because, look, I mean, almost all of us have had, have had a similar experience. And you're, whatever you're sharing absolutely isn't going to move everyone or not everyone is going to have a connection with it. But that's why art is so powerful and meaningful to us as humans, because it allows us to connect mm-hmm. and to see, oh, I'm not alone. You know, this person has experienced this also, and this is how they processed and dealt with it. And 
you know, with some, uh, some people that connect with that, that may be helpful to them. And right, it does, it can allow them, help them see another avenue for healing or another way of viewing whatever it is, whether that be a painting, music, music's powerful too. Um, mm -hmm. Writing, and it doesn't have to always be nonfiction writing, uh, fiction writing for sure too. You know, mm -hmm. the characters that uh, a writer creates and then that what that character experiences that comes from somewhere, you know, right, exactly. Either have, they even either know somebody who's had that experience or um, they've had that experience. So, yeah, for sure, powerful uh, way for us as humans to connect with one another. And I, and I think especially now, if we have learned nothing from the pandemic, it is how important it is to have those connections. I mean, even the things that we took for granted, um, you know, when all of a sudden, now you can no longer, you know, when, when everything was shut down and you couldn't even go anywhere. And even oh, yeah. now, you know, it, it's like, there's a big difference now when you go out in public and you're wearing a mask because you're suddenly aware of, you know, like say you're shopping in the store and you smile at the clerk and the clerk smiles back. And now with the masks on, you know, you, you have to work a little harder maybe to make the right. connection. But I think now we are also so much more aware of um, what it's like to be isolated. And, and for, you know, for those of us who have not been isolated previous, everything is like, pre-COVID and post-COVID, yeah. but, mm -hmm. you know, there are people in this world that live like this all the time that are isolated for whatever reason. They're either isolated physically or they're isolated emotionally, and, and hopefully we will become a little more aware of you know, the, the fact that somebody that we're passing on the street could be living in their own little block and not have a way to connect and, mm -hmm. you know, make us a little more, a little more aware, a little more sympathetic, a little more intuitive, maybe towards other people. You know, it's, they say everything mm -hmm. is a lesson, you know, some lessons we don't really want to learn, but, you know, this, this may have been yeah. Yeah. hopefully something that, um, that we have learned. So I'm, I'm curious, you know, you've got this book done. When, when did Words of Alchemy come out? When did that? December, December of 2019. Uh, yeah, that's when it was published. Mm -hmm. So, um, and obviously with the pandemic, you probably haven't been doing much. I know it's like everybody was kind right. of, yeah, yeah, I know mine came uh, out, my, my short story collection came out in May and it was like, well, so much for that. But what, what are you, what, what's your big project now? Are you, are you have anything in particular that you're working on or are you just kind of like uh, I, accumulating? I, I gave myself permission to not, um, like I say, for 2020 to not be working on and to have this be a year of pressing the reset button. And mm -hmm. it's, it turns out that that lined up good, that I'm not trying to uh, put out anything <laughs> big and pressing the reset button. So, uh, you know, maybe I had some foresight. I don't know. But I just knew, I just knew that I was exhausted. I was, mm -hmm. I was exhausted from the past 15 years um, of worry and, um, and all of the healing that I had done. So, Nothing big on the horizon. There will be more 
books. My, um, you know, I've got, I've got four published. My, the first one is mine. The second one was a photography book of my son's that I contributed to. And the third one was uh, my daughter's writings from four years old to 16 years old that I contributed to. And I, you know, it helped put together. And then this latest one, that is my poetry from the last six years. Mm-hmm. So I have no doubt that there will be another um, I'm just not forcing anything right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so no, no big projects. I just, I go for my walks. I take the photographs, uh, you know, when you take my nature photographs and just trying to let myself be in this space. And like I say, I am struggling with that after 15 years of, of, you know, you need to be doing something of hustling, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, need to be doing this, you know, got to doing something to make money, you know, type thing. Um, I'm just trying to relax into this, not doing anything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll see what it holds. I know there, there'll be more creations uh, and definitely more books, but we'll see where, where it all leads. And like I say, I'm, I'm also my personality, which is one thing I did learn during this, this time is I took a, a challenge in uh, and a, a challenge with a mentor friend of mine and I did learn more about my personality type so I did learn that I am the type that kind of sits back and um, observes and looks for opportunities mm-hmm. for that fit with my personality so that's I would say that's kind of what I'm doing too I'm still observing I'm a very detail-oriented person very detail-oriented um, and so that's, that's where I'm at. I still observe. And when I see something that is right for me, I do, I do take advantage of it. Um, and, uh, so we'll see where that leads me. <laughs> well, that's, I th- and I think, you know, if you, if you're going to take a year off, this is definitely the year that, that you, <laughs> that you needed to. So that, that's good. But, um, well, I, you know, I've really enjoyed talking with you. I'm so glad that you came on the show because, you know, you, you, really, you know, you made me think about the importance of taking the time and being mindful and slowing down. I've been, I've been kind of like, kind of a little crazy with this year, because when work slows down, that's never good. So then you're under a lot of pressure in that. And, and yeah, you're right. I mean, sometimes you just kind of have to stop and look around because, you know, no one is, we never know how much time we have either. And, and you, you yeah. hate to think that you have just rushed through life and, and missed even the little things, the little beautiful things. Yeah. So, you know, uh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think it, it feeds, it feeds your spirit, whether you are a creative person or not. And I, I truly believe everybody has some creativity in them, but in any case, I, I think it is a good thing to learn how to slow down, how to look at things, to listen to things and, you know, appreciate Mm -hmm. what we have. Um, But anyways, yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show. I I think there's a, uh, there's just a lot of really good insights that you have shared and um, Mm -hmm. definitely good for other creative people, certainly good for people who are, who are just, people looking for a way to bring a little bit of calmness and, and awareness into their life. Yeah. 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 I, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much and best of luck with all of your writing. 
Thanks. Thank you. You too. I had a great time. Oh, well, it was my pleasure. <laughs> Bye-bye.